when you were sitting there with your high ass smile, I was like, he's definitely forgetting something there, the way that he's sitting there. You know, I love that you're like waving your pen at me as if you're actually like yelling at me. Alright, five. Recording now. Okay. Five, four, three, two. Welcome to the Pitch Your Pick podcast, the podcast where we dive deep into the sports books, find our favorite plays, and pitch them to each other to find the best bets every day. I'm Joe. This is Jer. How you doing today, my man? I'm tired. I didn't get any <laughs> sleep last night. The dogs kept me awake all night. Um, yeah. But it's March Madness time, so let's do a podcast. Yeah, so we took uh, yesterday off, so apologies to anybody that was saying. From now on, we're going to be taking Sundays off. Give us a rest night, because we record these Saturday nights, so we can actually sleep in. Um, and play some COD. This, yeah, we played a lot of ranked play on Call of Duty, so you know we didn't actually <laughs> sleep in too much. But you know, we took a nice day off. Uh, but we're doing a full, like a special picture pick podcast. We're going to be making a March Madness bracket because the uh, brackets got announced, I think, at the time of us recording this five hours ago. So we're jumping right into it immediately. So we're going to do a really quick recap on basically everything and then just get right into that. And we're going to really quickly pitch our bets. And luckily, we actually had one of the same bets. So it'll go even faster. So uh, we have the quick little NHL slate. And Jerry will tell us about this riveting one game. Yeah. Um... So my the screen or my website just went out, but I believe it's the Arizona Coyotes and the Ottawa Senators. Yep. Um, kind of battle of a couple stinkers. So it should be a decent game. The Coyotes have been one of the best offensive teams in the NHL recently. Um, so they've been really fun to watch. But it's March Madness time, so that's all we care about here. Yeah, and then the NBA. I will say it's a halfway decent slate. Uh, we have. Two games that we're going to be talking about, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, Raptors and the Lakers and the Hornets and the Thunder really quick on those. But I do think this uh, 76ers and Nuggets game could be pretty good, as well as the uh, Bucks and Jazz playing off could be really nice. And if you want to see DeMar DeRozan absolutely cook a team, you can watch that Bulls-Kings game. Um, overall, the rest of them are kind of underwhelming, but I do think those three, the you know, Raptors, Lakers can be fun, Hornets, Thunder can be fun. And I guess we'll just start off and talk about our bets right now, since we both have uh, one of the same in the uh, Raptors and the Lakers. Now, you said you had some witty stuff written for this. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess the only thing that I'll say about it um, is if we just check the, you know, the trends for the spread, the Raptors have been one of the best teams on this season on the road covering the spread, and the Lakers have been one of the worst teams covering the spread at home, which was just simple enough for me uh, to make this bet, considering I think you got it at, what, three and a half, and I got it at uh, four. Either way, it's really pretty solid. Uh, for it. so you can give us your little witty <laughs> remarks on why you think this one's gonna be pretty easy yeah so you, i've said this before but i don't do this often um i don't really bet on my own teams because of the bias but uh tonight we are um and lebron dominated these guys when he was in cleveland but it's now the raptors time to return the favor um and who knows how many glasses of wine he's had before dinner before this one coming off the back-to-back who knows if he'll even play or not. Uh, as Joe said, the Raptors are laying three and a half or four points on the road against this Lakers team tonight, who has been bad at home. 
Uh, they're the seventh worst team against the spread at home. They're 15 and 21 against the spread. The Raptors have been um, loving to get out of the Canada and all their COVID restrictions. Uh, they're the sixth best team against the spread on the road this season. Uh, they're 21, 13, and 1 against the spread. Uh, the Raptors are the stereotypical team that's been giving the Lakers problems this year. Uh, they're a young team who likes to work hard on the, and play good defense. Um, and they also have a bunch of good shooters. Uh, the Raptors have a bunch of good defenders that they can throw at LeBron as well um, to give them different looks. Uh, LeBron is virtually unstoppable, but they're able to keep fresh legs on him um, when LeBron doesn't really have the ability to leave the court or they'll get killed. Um, the Raptors also play good defense on other forwards and shooting guards this season. Um, I don't really need to talk about the point guard because Westbrook guards himself. Uh, the Raptors are 13 and 44 when in games when they're favored by less than four and a half points. And the Lakers are four and seven when in games when they're underdogs of four and a half points or less. But this Raptors team gets excited to play this Los Angeles Lakers team. They like to finally get their shine on TV. The Raptors have historically gone 9-1 straight up against the Lakers and 9-1 against the spread in those 10 games. LeBron has owned this Raptors team in the past, but that's the past. LeBron didn't have to play with Westbrook in the past. Um, I think this Raptors team can do a good enough job on LeBron uh, to not get beat by him. If they do that, I'm sure they contain the rest of the Lakers and cover this three and a half line. Yeah, simple. I mean, <laughs> I looked at it, saw minus four, and was like, yeah, that seems a little bit fugaze. Now, if LeBron goes out here and drops 50 again, fair play. I'll take the L on the spread. It's fine. Fair play. Fair play. LeBron drops 50. I, you know, tip it off to him. Good job. But I think off of back-to-back, LeBron is probably going to take it a little bit more conservatively. I still think he's probably going to get his 30. But yeah, I, I just don't really see the Lakers stopping anybody on the Raptors at this point. Um, and you also said that you like the, uh, what is it, the over on this, despite it not being out. Nah, I like the Raptors team total over, actually. Okay, we like um, that. I like it because the Lakers couldn't guard the Canadian national team right now. They've allowed the fifth most points over the last five games. They're allowing 119 points per game over that time span. Um, the Raptors' offensive offense has been on fire recently. Uh, their team total over has hit in four of the last five games on the road. The Lakers give up the third most points to shooting guards and fourth most three-pointers allowed to shooting guards this season. The Raptors happen to have Gary Trent there, who is capable of going for 30 every night. The Lakers also allow the second most points per game in the NBA uh, to point guards. Uh, and I expect Fred Van Vliet to play in this one. He took the last game off for load management. Um, but I expect him to play tonight against this Lakers team. Uh, this Raptors team is deep. The offense can come from three or four different spots. The Raptors are not a quick team by any means, but it's going to be a low total probably. Um, the team total hasn't quite come out yet, but I'm confident the over at whatever it's they set it at. Uh, the Lakers rank fourth in pace, but that's because they get scored on with ease. They also turn the ball over at a high rate, and the Raptors have a lot of good defenders who create turnovers. I think this is a perfect like ladder opportunity here. 
I just can't trust the over entirely because it's always unclear how many bricks Westbrook's going to throw up. Um, so I'm just going to trust my Raptors to take their team total over. That's fair. I like it. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the Lakers team, I think, has been historically one of the worst defensive teams this season, which um, it's bad. If you're in you know, talks to being similar in defense to the Charlotte Hornets, who literally are just known for only scoring and not playing any defense, it's probably not good company to be in. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't hate that at all. Um, also, look at that. Trey Young low highlights. We're talking about Tom Brady over here. He's unretired. That's crazy. Um, I don't know why it's popping up on my NBA ESPN, but Tom Brady unretired again, forty third season. Look at that. I saw a troll tweet about that earlier. Is that real? It's dead ass. Who's he playing for? He's going back to the Buccaneers, I think. Oh, cool. Hey, good for him. All right, I'll uh, we'll finish up the last bit of the podcast. Uh, we're checking out the uh, Hornets and the Thunder, um, and, and this we are one... chugging along, by the way. Oh yeah. Uh, this one is just a, a fun one. We're looking at this guy right here, the leading scorer on the Charlotte Hornets, Miles Bridges. Now, I think I got 31.5 for his over on points, rebounds, and assists, and that's just because he's playing the Thunder, and I don't really see the Thunder guarding anybody on this Hornets lineup, let alone Miles Bridges. Uh, Miles Bridges has been one of our favorite players just to bet on with the assist total. I mean, if you just look at these last few games, 6, 6, 3, 2, 9. Didn't have any in the game against Milwaukee, but 5 assists against Detroit, 7 against Toronto. It's seven against Minnesota. So really passes it a lot. And that's because this Hornets team plays at, depending on the time you look at it, either the first, the second, or the third pace in the NBA. But they actually have the most total possessions out of any team in the NBA. They just love to sprint the ball. And they're going against a Thunder team who has literally no defense and can't guard a parked car. Uh, so I just like the entire mm-hmm. Hornets team to go out there. Miles Bridges passing the ball around, getting a lot of uh, boards off of those Thunder bricks. Because let's be honest, they're not going to hit any of their shots anyway. And uh, Miles Bridges to cook them himself. He's just a great offensive player. Um, the one time that these teams have played, he had 22 points, 14 rebounds, because again, OKC can't hit any of their shots, and had four assists, which is very easily clearing um, this over a 31 and a half. I just think this matchup is perfect for him. Uh, just a fast paced game with no defense. That's where uh, Miles Bridges and the Hornets, especially, uh, kind of shine. So we'll take that. LaMelo probably could go over in this too, but I'm looking at Miles Bridges because he's kind of a darling um, of the podcast at this point. I will not dispute any Miles Bridges over. Let's get into the March Madness. Yeah, we'll get into the March Madness. Um, we'll just uh, quickly go to our uh, daily pick screen, just show you guys a quick recap of that, and then we'll do our bracket. All right, so here are today's picks real quick. Uh, I put the Jair slash Joe for this, uh, for the Raptors to cover their spread versus the Lakers. Um, I put it at minus four just because that's what I have it at, but Jair has it at uh, minus three and a half. So if they do win by four, I get a push. He gets a big fat dub. Uh, then he has the Raptors over on that team total. We don't know what the uh, line is and what our odds are going to be on that, but he's going to instantly pick that. Um, they have Miles Bridges over 31.5 points, rebound assist at minus 120, which should be pretty easy. So we can switch this to the first, a new screen. It's been, a, it's been a while since you've introduced a new screen in the podcast, but we got this one right here, but we got the bracket popping up looking gorgeous. And the two of us looking as pretty as ever on the left side of this screen. Like, I mean, look at that. What a nice little Indiana jersey. Um, we'll see if he actually picks them to win out here. Who knows? No, who knows? Who knows? They're in the bracket, but I think this is going to be a fun one. Um, I'm actually quite excited uh, to make March Madness picks. So uh, we can see this. And he's quite excited about the phone. Look at that. <laughs> anyway. I was looking at our screen with the bracket. <laughs> isn't that nice? I love it. So uh, it looks good. Yeah. So 
we can start this out now jerry's been tasked with uh researching some of the west and east teams now i'm obviously a big nerd of college basketball so i've uh, i know a decent bit about most of these teams um and i've done some extensive research on everybody in the south um and the midwest divisions i mean i've really dug deep into these so we're just gonna honestly kind of fugaze it talk for a little while and just have some fun with this hopefully you guys uh enjoy uh something like this so i guess we can start out with the west division since that's kind of what it's always going to be at um and actually i should preface this as well with the fact that we will have a tournament challenge on espn i will link in the description down below it's a public place you guys can go in there and maybe if we get enough entries we can give you a 25 50 prize out to whoever wins it if it's not one of us uh, which can be pretty fun. So I'll be linked in the description down below if you guys mm -hmm. want to enter any brackets in there. There's no limit. If you want to throw all 25 in there, go ahead. Um, it'll be a fun one. So anyway, we'll start this off with the West, and which should be one of the easiest picks. Now, no hate on to Georgia State. These guys are great. These guys are hoopers, but they really got probably one of the toughest draws in the, I think, March Madness bracket this season. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> They're going against Gonzaga. Uh, Georgia State is great, yeah. but Gonzaga is the number one offense in the country, the number seven defense in the country. They play at the fourth fastest pace. They have the lowest average time of possession. They have the second highest effective field goal percentage, and they allow the lowest. These guys are just good. Now, Georgia State, again, is great, but I just don't think that they can guard the two best centers, arguably, in the country on Gonzaga. It's just, yeah, it's a tough game, so I think this one should be a pretty free pick in for us, especially considering... Um, I think it's like, well, I don't know the exact numbers, but number one seeds have only lost one time. So we're going to take Gonzaga. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Gonzaga is easy. Gonzaga is easy. Now, less easy is this Boise State and Memphis game. Now, I don't know how much research you've done into this one, but Boise State and Memphis kind of play some similar games. Memphis had probably one of the most inconsistent and tough starts to a season. I think they were 9-8. and eight, um, Lost a lot of games against a lot of the top uh, competition. Even some bad teams as well they lost that they shouldn't have. Uh, but they're going against the Boise State team after going 10-1 and one recently uh, is Memphis. Boise State is a great defensive team, and so is Memphis. Uh, the problem for Memphis is even though they've been playing a little bit better, they kind of turn the ball over a lot, which... Uh, can be i guess interesting um and jared's kind of said that he always wants to look for the team that shoots better free throw percentages uh when we get to these close games in the tournament uh unlucky for both of these guys they shoot like both i think 67 percent from the free throw line so nobody in either of these matchups 64 and 69 it's not going to be good uh so one ranks two, 350th in the country and one ranks 270th. Yeah, it's not going to be a, a pretty time for these guys, uh, to say the least. So, I personally feel like I'm leaning a little bit to more towards Boise State. I just think that Boise State is a little bit better defense um, out there. Memphis, I just don't love the inconsistencies that they've had. And I think that's why I lean towards them a little bit more. Um, curious as to what you think on this. But for me... I think that uh, Boise State may be taking this. My initial thought is Boise State um, is the better road. Looks like a better road team too. They're nine and three on the road. Memphis is five and six on the road. I'm assuming because they're both good defensive teams, they're probably both bigger teams. Uh, I think but i'm not 100 percent sure I, I will say i haven't watched too many boise state games but their uh yeah. their average height is 78 and a half inches and memphis is 77.8 inches so they are slightly taller on the boise state side but yeah i think another thing that uh 
I do like out here yeah. is that Boise State's pretty good at defending the three point line. Um, and they're really good at Boise State. Boise State's the 17th best defensive rebounding team in the country as well. So they're going to corral a, a bunch of these bricks. The one thing I did like but about Mem- them as Memphis well. Memphis does shoot the ball well. What I did like about Boise, though, is Memphis is prone to turnovers, and Boise is really good at forcing turnovers. And that's why I like that. Yeah. Boise does like turn too. it over themselves a decent bit, but he had a team like Memphis, who's known for playing sloppy, and a team like Boise State, who's known for capitalizing on that. I, I gotta go with them on that matchup just kind of for that alone. So I think yeah, I, I like I think we're in agreement there. I love I like Boise, I think. All right. So then we have this next one, Yukon and New Mexico State. Now this one I think is pretty tough for a five and twelve matchup. This is a pretty close um game. Now if I were to go to my default and check out uh Ken Palm, you know, maybe uh you could call it cheating uh, a little bit on this. I think they barely have Yukon as a favorite in this, which honestly kind of surprised me. But New Mexico State in this uh, kind of conference in general. I think can be a little bit um, slept on, I guess we'll say. <laughs> I don't know why that took me so hard to think mm-hmm. of that. Uh, but you can see the three-point percentage for these teams are fairly even. Their seating obviously is different, but they both have similar fast break points. Uh, they're both similar in steals and fouls. Their block shots per game, UConn a little bit more. You can basically see that both these teams are very, very similar, but UConn just kind of slightly um, is edging them out, which I guess you could take that as you as it may you know um i think just i, I kind of i'm hitting my mic i kind of have a tough time with this matchup <laughs> just because i'm a big east fan you know um, i was i'm a syracuse guy you know we grew up watching all of these you know big east games so i feel like i have a bias for uconn like just off rip so i feel like it's really tough for me to look at new mexico state and think they can win it at all um so i don't know if you have any input on here but i i i don't want to too often what i don't know jump yeah, it i'm just look. i'm just looking for this matchup what day is this game played on uh what is it do you know that for sure this one is played why can't i see it i think this should be friday if i'm not mistaken friday it's either friday or thursday there's only two days that it can be uh i was looking at thursday i didn't see it on thursday unless i'm just dripping Oh, here it is. New Mexico State and Connecticut. There we go. So Ken Palm has them. Uh, th- yeah, this game is on the 17th. Uh, you- Ken Palm says that their prediction is a six-point win for UConn, which is pretty nice. Uh, but UConn's just kind of one of those teams, and I guess I can't really take it away because New Mexico State's also one of those teams that are just good on both ends of the floor. And um, I guess the good thing for Connecticut is they have a pretty low two-point percentage, but they have a really good three-point percentage, and New Mexico State is a bad three-point percentage, a good two-point percentage. And I will say... Um, generally in these tournaments, I mean, it's kind of a thing that I've noticed is that the teams that are more consistent at being able to score inside generally do a bit better. Uh, but, mm-hmm. um, UConn is, I think one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country, because even their guards are dropping down and getting those offensive boards. So even if they're bricking, they're getting a lot of second chance points, uh, which I really like, uh, for, you know, UConn. Uh, but New Mexico State is pretty good on the offensive board as well. So just, you know, this is a tough one because I feel like no matter what you say, you can kind of convince me to either side. New Mexico State looks really good. UConn looks really good. I wouldn't even be a surprise um, if we see this 5-12 matchup. And there's always one 5-12 upset every single tournament. Um, so my personal pick is I'm going to go with UConn in a close contested game. But I could definitely see New Mexico taking this one. Yeah. Um, I think 
like you said, Yukon just feels like they're slept on almost every year, but they're always kicking around. You gotta remember those those Kemba Walker days. Also, I will say yeah. the Yukon has one of my favorite coaches in college basketball because this guy's got energy. He sweats sometimes more than the players. I just I love that. He's one of my favorite coaches to watch. I just think that uh when you have a coach who brings energy like that, you always have a bit of an upset. But again, that's kind of some bias. I just said I love him. So yeah, you know, uh, if you were on the train with me on UConn, we'll go with it, but we'll see. If you got some arguments. The only thing I could see is New Mexico has been, um, like, they've both been winning games straight up. So, obviously, college basketball, obviously, they have. But the only thing is, coming into the tournament, New Mexico State's 5-7 and seven in games against the spread. Mm-hmm. And Connecticut is... In their last 10, or UConn's only 2, 7, and 1. Okay. And they, but the, and they're coming off a game where they lost, their last game they played Villanova, which I don't know if it meant anything, but they failed, to, they lost by 3, they failed to cover by half a point. That I, but then the game before that, they covered against Seton Hall by 5 points. Yeah, the, uh, both of those teams, Seton Hall and Villanova, are both in there. That was like the Big East Conference tournament. I think that was the semis that they lost to Nova on. Uh, so I think if they would have mm-hmm. won that, they would have gone on to the Big East Championship game, uh, which Nova ended up winning. So they lost to the team that won the Big East tournament. So or that was the championship game. If I'm not, yeah, so the way. Playing well. Yeah, yeah. I like they're, they're playing well. I mean, like a lot of these lines are probably they're pretty big lines. Yeah. All right. So and a lot of these games. Yeah, I like UConn. I have. I got a hot take on his next one now. Okay, send it. I like, I like me some upsets. Okay, I'm uh, I'm one with them. I root for them, maybe a little too much, and I like Vermont to take this game against Arkansas. Now it's not a full stats back it up, and I was actually watching the other CBS broadcast, and a lot of these guys were actually uh, gassing up some of this matchup too. Now Arkansas is one of those teams you can see making a really deep run. They have a crazy good defense. They're 16th in the country, and they love to sprint but their effective field goal percentage is kind of trash we're looking at it and they really struggle to shoot the three ball consistently which can get them into trouble but again i said it in these close games where we're talking about you know the ncaa tournament uh you know being able to shoot inside is definitely uh something you got to look at so uh because the three-point line is probably going to get shut down or the pressure going to get to you uh but you know arkansas is all kind of hustle 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 and i just think that i'd like vermont here because they have the 44th best you know offense in the country they are third in effective field goal percentage, third in two-point percentage, 38 in three-point percentage. They're still a solid defensive team. And if they can slow Arkansas down, that's not where Arkansas feels comfortable. They like to get a little bit faster, take those fast possessions. And Vermont really likes to slow it down and just get good shots. And they like to just play defense straight up, not you know bait too much on steals, not go for blocks and get into foul trouble. I just, I like this because... If we're also pointing it out, last year, Arkansas got upset by a team that plays almost exactly familiar to Vermont while in Colgate last year. And Vermont's better than that Colgate team was last year. So this Arkansas strategy seems to fail against you know teams like this. Uh, so I do like that. And the other thing that I like is Arkansas does get on the offensive rebounds a bit. But Vermont actually allows the lowest percentage of offensive rebounds to opponent teams. So they're really good. Um, and another stat to throw out here. Vermont is the best defensive rebounding team in the country right now. They offensive rebound, I think, 86% of opportunities to get defensive rebounds. Whenever somebody misses a shot, 
they're getting it and they're getting to the other side to score on offense. And that's just kind of why I like it. It's a, it's a hot take because I know Arkansas, a lot of people love this Arkansas team, but my pick's for Vermont. I like this Vermont pick. I'm not going to dispute it, actually. Uh, I looked at this game, too. Um, I think Arkansas's being overrated. I think they've basically made their living off of playing at home this season. They've played 18 home games and nine road games. Okay, that's not a lot. Like they, everybody says the hardest thing to do in college basketball is win a game on the road. So you've already got that advantage when you're playing double your games at home. That's fair. Um, Arkansas, both these teams can hit three-pointers. But you're right. Arkansas is like the th- ranks 304th in three-point field goal percentage. So you're already bad, and you're ask, then going to ask them to make three-pointers un- under pressure. Yeah. The Vermont offense is consistent and consistent from the three-point line. So even if they, like, they're still going to be better even when you ask them to hit them under pressure. Um, Arkansas hasn't, they've lost to Tennessee, um, which they covered it against the spread in that game, but they lost straight up to Tennessee. Uh, and then they went and lost their last game. And Vermont's coming into this one on an eight-game win streak. So look at those last three games as well. Talk about this is their and conference they, tournament, and look at the yeah. domination that they put on the court. They just they just abused the comp. They covered the spread by sixteen points, eleven points, and twenty-three and a half points. Give me Vermont as the upset here. I like I like look at this. I thought it was gonna be a bit of a hot take, but you're riding with it, so I like that. So. This next one is Let's gonna be talk tough. about this playing game. This one's gonna be tough. So we have Rutgers we versus pick a playing game. Yeah, this yeah. Rutgers versus Notre Dame, and the winner of that actually has to go against Alabama. So this is a really tough game. Now I took this one just straight up as Bama. Um, now again, this is a bit of a biased pick. I've watched a lot of Alabama games, and I love the way that Alabama plays. They love to get out on defense, but they're still really good in the half court. Javon Quinterly might be one of my favorite players to watch in college basketball, just because this guy is so damn fast. Uh, Quinterly, when he decides to actually like turn on the go button, my God, does he have a different level of go button than everybody else that I've ever seen. Like this guy just presses it and he's down the court and he's getting a layup at some point. Loves the jelly. He's actually one of the first people, I think, in the jelly fam, uh, which is just fun. And because of that, they have the 12th fastest tempo, the ninth lowest average possession, the 14th best offense in the country, and they have the ninth best um, two point field goal percentage. Um, they're really bad at shooting threes, 305th at three point percentage. Uh, but I think a lot of that is. They take a lot of tough contested threes that I don't feel like they need to take, uh, which is just tough. And um, the great thing, I guess, for Alabama is they've had a really tough um, schedule. They actually have, in strength of schedule, their overall strength of schedule is the hardest in all of college basketball. So their record, I think, may be a little bit different if they took, you know, an easier schedule um, out there. But, you know, they played um, Iona, who was top 25 at one point. That's who they lost to. They beat Houston, another top 25 team. Uh, they lost to Memphis, who was top 25 at the time. Davidson's been top 25, who they uh, lost to. The bad loss at Auburn and Mississippi State, but they beat Auburn, or lost to Auburn, sorry, who was an also really good team. They beat LSU, was a great team. Baylor's a great team, and they won there. They lost to Auburn and Kentucky back-to-back, but again, two really great teams. Arkansas, they lost to another great team. Same thing with Kentucky. Like, they've played so many good teams, and you gotta think, when you play this many good teams consistently, you're hardened, you're ready, and you know what to do in those late games. Plus, they're a really great offensive team. And uh, both of these teams in Rutgers and Indiana, or Notre Dame, I said Indiana, <laughs> Notre Dame have kind of been mm-hmm. inconsistent. Uh, Notre Dame's coming out of an ACC where it's kind of been pretty wacky. 
Um, you know, you don't really know who's coming out of it really strong. Uh, but I just kind of like Bama a bit better in this. Uh, both Rutgers and Notre Dame have kind of been playing better, but I just kind of just don't see a way in which Bama, with just their style of play, doesn't at least get out of the first round. But, you know, Notre Dame and Rutgers are still solid teams. Yeah, I like um, Alabama in this one too. I looked at the strengths of the schedule thing, and I picked them just off of how many close or like how many good teams they played. Yeah, you gotta think. I like like I like teams in the tournament that have played a lot of close, good, good games. And that's not to take anything away from the other teams. I mean, Notre Dame's the 29th best no. offense, and Rutgers is the 43rd best defense, and uh, they actually no. have looked good. Rutgers really has been up and down notre dame has been really good but again it's in the acc and i mean i'm a fan of the team uh, team in the acc so i know how bad it's been um in there i just think that these guys have just not have had had as tough of games i just kind of think that this matchup for them just isn't really great because Rutgers play slow um notre dame likes to play slow and if alabama can speed them up force turnovers it's just it's really not good matchups for them no yeah so it's not. I like Alabama. I really liked Alabama. Yeah. Problem is, I didn't even really research it. I just lo- I saw it and I I, lo- I like I actually liked Rutgers. I've placed a few flyer bets on Rutgers. Fair. Just seeing people bet them on Twitter once in a while. Um, but I like Alabama too. Alabama is one of the only teams I've watched this year, and they're fun to watch. Uh, this next pick, Texas Tech and uh, Montana State. Now, uh, Montana State, great team. All credit to them. But I do not think that there's a chance that they lose this game. Texas Tech is notorious for defense, like notorious for defense. That's it. Uh, And I, I love Montana State. I love these sleeper picks that are coming in here. But I think if there's one team who is not going to get upset ever, it's tech, not ever, but it's Texas Tech. Uh, And I think in this three to 14 matchup, there usually is one upset in that. uh, But I just don't feel like Texas Tech is going to be that upset. They're just so when we get to these you know late tournament games teams that can lock it down on defense are just so much better and texas tech is the best adjusted efficiency defense in the entire country they have they force the uh 10th most turnovers they have the force the uh 22nd lowest field goal percentage the 13th lowest two-point percentage 62nd lowest three-point percentage they have the 49th highest block percentage they don't get a lot of steals but they uh, force a lot of turnovers like these guys are just good they're consistent they lock it down and they've even proved against teams like Kansas, Iowa State, uh, Texas, Baylor, that they can lock it down and consistently win um, out there. And they still have really great shooters as well. I just think this Texas Tech team is just set up for a really deep post uh, run here in the tournament. Um, and all credit to Montana State, a team that's really solid all around. They're a good shooting team. They slightly lack on the you know defensive end from time to time. But just I think they just really got a tough draw here. Yeah, I think I like Texas Tech here too when I was doing my research. I think it's like something that's crazy for them is they only have one guy over 6'10. Yeah. Um, so that, like that's something to look for later in the tournament. That that's crazy that they play such good defense with I, just one guy. They move. I think it's They move, boy. I think it's um if I had to say uh, take a guess. I'm pretty sure they run like a no middle kind of defense. You know, you constantly try to force yeah. the baseline, try to force traps in the corner. Um, and it just really works. And yeah, you know, I really feel bad for Montana State because they're a great team and I feel like they could be good. 
but going against the best defensive team in the country is really not something you want to do for your first match in the tournament. Like, that's just, you know, no. that's such a grueler. No, that's definitely not. Uh, but the next one we got Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan and State and Davidson. All right, you said you have you researched this one too much? No, I haven't. Not this one yet. Okay. Well, I have another upset. I'm picking Davidson. I yeah. like these guys, man. I like these guys, and maybe it's because Curry went there a decade ago. But I like Davidson, man. They are one of the most uh-huh. efficient offenses. Like these guys are hoopers. Um, I just love it. Um, and you'll see, like I do like a lot of these teams. And Michigan State. Um, it's a little bit inconsistent. You actually look at the adjusted offensive efficiency. Like if you take into account offense and defense efficiency, so just total adjusted efficiency, these teams are 40 and 41. So talk about an even matchup. Like talk about a matchup that is just going to be good. Uh, so Davidson is just so good offensively. They are the 11th best offense. They have the eighth best three-point shooting percentage. They average 38.5% from three. Uh, they have, what is it? Oh, there's one guy, I forget his name, but he's like a six, eight, six, nine forward who just sprays it from three. Absolutely insane. They're also really good at the free throw line. They're good inside. They're good at getting blocks and steals, forcing non-steal turnovers. Like they're just a really good team. And Michigan state is not bad by any means. They're great on offense and they're great on defense where Davidson can kind of struggle sometimes on defense. Like they're not terrible. They're just not great. Uh, but Michigan state is just really on a bad set of games. Like, they really haven't been able to string together a consistent set of wins recently. And I think that's kind of why I like them. I will say they did, you know, beat Maryland and Wisconsin uh, back-to-back. Wisconsin's a great team. And they only lost to Purdue. Uh, But before that, you know, they're losing to Michigan and Ohio State, Iowa, Illinois, Penn State. So they've really been struggling in games that are teams that are just as good as them. Losing 86-60 to to Iowa, that's kind of tough. So I'm going with Davidson here. I just love the consistent, nice offensive play, even though they did just have a pretty big stinker earlier today, um, I think, against Richmond. Uh, but I just like Davidson. I like the all-around shooting. I love the efficiency on offense. And I think uh, with a Michigan State team that's just kind of been struggling, I like the upset. That's just kind of my thing. I like the upset. I don't mind the pick here. Um, Michigan State isn't great on the road. They're only 5-6 and six on the road straight up. Um, Davidson's 9-3. and three. We love that. Um, Michigan State is a good three-point shooting team, though, and Davidson doesn't defend the three-point that what line that well. But in a one-and-done, if Michigan's not hitting the threes early against an efficient team, I and a pickoff here with like teams where where they're gonna rely on who's shooting it better. I, I don't mind the upset. I like I like Davidson. Here. I like David. My guys, my guys. So what is it that I remember his name is Hung Jong Lee. Um, he's just he's a demon, man. He's a demon. I think he's one of the few players from uh, Korea uh, who's came out here. He's actually like hooping. Dude is a shooter. He had a really tough game last game against Richmond, uh, but Richmond's a pretty good defensive team. So if you're on board with it, we're taking the Davidson upset. Well, I like it. All right, so I like it. Uh, the next one is again another tough draw. I imagine you you, you work so hard. You work so hard. And then you have to go against Duke, uh, first round. Talk about yeah, I love, I love Duke. Talk about a tough draw. Um, I hate Duke. Yeah, I, love I hate Duke. Duke. I I'm a Syracuse fan. You know, I play Duke 24 seven at least two times a year most of the time. Uh, so I hate Duke because usually they beat me. So uh, I'm not a fan of Duke, but I can recognize that these guys are damn good. And Paulo Boncaro is just built different. Like the dude is built different. I gotta give it to him. Um, he's an absolute god. The dude is so good. Um, and uh. Ken Palm really just giving no respect to Cal State Fullerton. They're, I think, a really good offensive rebounding team or just a good rebounding team in general. 
Uh, but I like them. I think they're great. But I think Duke is playing in like Coach K's, you know, kind of general home area. And I think they, if you are Duke's team, you know, Paolo Boncari, Mark Williams, you know, those guys, you cannot lose another game that you are supposed to win for Coach K. You guys got embarrassed at home to UNC. If you let this happen again, I don't know what to tell you. Horrible. Yeah. So I'm expecting the dude to come out with some fire, uh, especially after losing to Virginia Tech in the ACC Tournament Championship. Like, come on. Yeah, you got to gotta go Duke Davidson um, in that matchup. Yeah, I know. I love Duke. They're, they're, they've been good against the spread, too. So they've, been, they've even been better than what the betters think. We love that. Um, they're 17 and 12 and 2 against the spread. Um, I like I like the size they bring. I really like the size and the efficiency they bring from the field. Uh, I guess our next one, uh, we'll give credit to Norfolk State where they're at. They're a great team, but one seeds have only lost one time. It's a free pick. Uh, Norfolk State is great, awesome for winning your championship, but again, bad draws. I mean, you got to go against Baylor. Do you want to just finish the West first? Oh, you want to go through it? Bracket. Sure, we can go through it. Mm-hmm. All right, Boise State well, versus Gonzaga. Just go division by division. Yeah, Boise State, Gonzaga. Who do you think? Uh, Gonzaga. Yeah, fair enough. That's it. <laughs> that, that, no, nothing more needed. All right, here's the I, tough one. I think Vermont. I, we talked about it earlier, but I think Gonzaga might. They might have problems near the end of the tournament, but like, not. I think this is an at least uh, an elite eight team. Yeah, at least minimum. Uh, so UConn, Vermont. Do you think Vermont can continue the 13 seed upset against UConn? You know what? You want to go with it? I think they could. Vermont, Gonzaga in our Sweet 16. I'm with it. I love UConn, but I, I kind of want to back you know, Vermont. You, you don't. I, I almost wanted to go with New Mexico State there when you're talking earlier. Yeah. But I like for I I like UConn a little bit better there, but I. I think I'd like Vermont to carry it on here. Okay, I like this. I like I'll go for an upset anytime. I love UConn, but in this direct matchup, you got a great three-point shooting team. Uh, and I think uh what is it? I was telling you about that stat where uh, UConn's really good uh rebounding, but Vermont doesn't let the opponents get offensive rebounds. So I think that part mm-hmm. of their game is just completely canceled out. Uh so mm-hmm. I'll go with it, man. Yep. Here's a good game. If it actually happens, Bama Texas Tech. Bama and Texas it- Tech. This game's happening. Fair. Uh, this game's happening. I think that Texas Tech edges this one out. Yeah, we've already yeah. we've already talked about the good things for this, but I think Bama struggles despite you know being one of the teams that have played the most hard competition. Their problem has been on teams with good defense. They play teams with really good defense that can lock them up, force them to take those tough shots inside, and it's really happened. And Texas Tech, the best defense team in the country, they're going. To make you take those tough shots and i just i love bama i think their style of play is just super fun to watch it's probably super fun to play as well uh but i just think texas tech i just this one just slightly yeah i like defend texas tech's defense here in this one um and then again i love davidson i convinced you on the pick but i think uh i think this one's probably pretty simple for us too yeah i i think this uh West Coast bracket is definitely going to be dominated by the favorites from the initial looking at it. Now, I've made my own personal brackets, and I have Gonzaga going to the Elite Eight, and I actually have Texas Tech upsetting Duke. Now, uh, if you want to fight me on that, we can. 
but I think that this Duke team hasn't faced too many teams that are better than them in certain aspects. And obviously, Texas Tech is better than Duke. Um, and I think that this team is fairly young, and they've just kind of been smacked in the face a few times by teams that are just not expecting. Obviously, Coach K wants to do this big uh, run, but I think that these guys on Duke just go deer in headlights sometimes. They have a lot of really great perimeter defenders. They're really great shooters, but I just think sometimes they really underwhelm me against teams that I feel like they really should dominate, which makes me not trust them as much against teams that they should possibly barely win to, barely lose to. Um, so I like Texas Tech in this matchup, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Duke won it. Yeah. Um, the only thing that would concern me is I think Tech or Duke's size might give Texas a little bit of issues. It is possible. Um, but Tech or Duke is hard to trust too because they always feel like they let you down somewhere in the tournament at some point. Yeah, they don't consistently make these uh runs. Um, but I really like Texas's depth as well. They have six scores that average over eight points per game. Like that's pretty deep for a team if. In a one and done, if one guy's not going on, you got five more you can trust. So you going with it? You you going with me? Um, or are you with Duke? I'll let you be the deciding factor because I'm not swayed either way. I think I like Texas just because they're a little. Duke's pretty deep as well. They have five players that average over ten points per game, but Duke. They can be inconsistent. We're going with it. Duke? I la- I- I'm going to go with Texas Tech. Texas Tech versus Gonzaga. Who's winning that one? Um, I like, I like uh, Gonzaga. That yeah, that's one. fair. I love Texas Tech. We just hyped them up a bunch. Uh, But if you're talking about size possibly upsetting Texas Tech, Gonzaga's got the size. This is going to do it. To yeah. upset Texas Tech. And they've got the defenseless size. Um, I, I don't know. I don't even think Texas Tech, like even like Gonzaga's offense is so good. It's not even like college basketball offense. It feels <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so like, I just don't even think he can take tech. I just take the Texas's defensive numbers into account here. Even I think throw them out the window, look at Gonzaga's numbers and that's what they're going to get. Texas doesn't have the size to compete with some of their good forwards. All right, so the next one we've I've already clicked on Baylor, so we're just gonna we'll cover that one. Baylor's winning. <laughs> okay, can we take a break quick? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we gotta use the bathroom. We'll take an intermission, uh, so we can take a little pee pee. All right, so he's back from his pee pee break, uh, and we are gonna get it going again uh, with what may be one of the more fun games of the tournament in UNC Marquette. Um, I'm gonna keep this one simple. These two teams run (laughs) like they run marquette plays at the 38th uh, fastest adjusted tempo uh or unc does and marquette plays at the 26th fastest adjusted tempo and has the fifth shortest average possession so these guys sprint which means it's going to be super fun to watch these and they're both really good just back and forth um offensive defensive teams like they both um do everything relatively similar uh north carolina slightly edges out in three point but it's slightly worse inside uh but 
I will say North Carolina is a much better offensive rebounding team and they limit offensive rebounds for the other team. Uh, but Marquette isn't the greatest of offensive rebounding teams out here. So it can be kind of tough for that. And we uh, have talked about how, you know, the ACC has been a little bit weak uh, for it. But I do think that uh, Mark, not Marquette, uh, UNC can kind of slightly edge this out. I mean, in most metrics, they just kind of slightly edge them out. Uh, I think in a battle of who's going to be the fastest, um, it's usually a North Carolina bet that you want to go with. Um, so I would kind of lean towards that way. They're just slightly better um, in most aspects. And the fact that they're going to be limiting how many rebounds Marquette's going to be getting, um, I just like that a little bit better for UNC. If you have any disputes, uh, you can go in that because these eight and nines are always so close. I just kind of like UNC a little bit better in this matchup. But I, again, I can see Marquette winning this pretty handily as well. Um, I don't have any disputes here, actually. They're just a tick better in everything, but Marquette's actually a bit better, like just a bit better in two-point field goal percentage, but UNC is still consistent enough in that not yeah. to concern me the reason I like them to be the better three-point shooting. The reason I like North Carolina better is I've watched, obviously, UNC games. I know what they do. Yeah, They have the 103rd best offensive rebounding percentage, and Marquette, if you look at their uh, allowed offensive rebounding percentage, it's the 306th. They let teams get offensive rebounds. And against a UNC team, that's dangerous. So um, that's why I like that slight matchup. Now, this next one, oh, this one's this one's tough for me because uh, we have a play-in game. And I honestly think that either of these play-in teams can win and either of these play-in teams can beat St. Mary's. But St. Mary's could also beat either of the play-in teams. So... Um, this one's really kind of tough for me. Now, if I had to say uh, which one I loved the most, um, I'd probably be lying to you. So it, it'd be mm. it'd be a bit tough out here. But I honestly, I think if I had to say one, it'd probably be Wyoming a little bit because, you know, it's Wyoming. Indiana is also a really great team, too. Um, they're also really good on defense in general. Um, so you got to give some love to that. And St. Mary's also, again, it's just a great team. Uh, they have, I think, beat... They beat, uh, who is it, Gonzaga once. So you got to give them some credit to that. They beat Gonzaga. I mean, that's not an easy task by any means. Uh, but I just like Wyoming a little bit. You know, they're my guys. Wyoming are my guys. Uh, I think they're really kind of centered around having a lot of post-ups. Uh, but they're just a really good offense, really good defensive uh, team. They don't allow teams to, you know, speed them up. They don't let teams to get any kind of steals on them at all. They don't like to turn the ball over. Uh, they don't shoot at the greatest from three. Um, and they did get blown up by Arizona at the beginning of the season. Uh, but since then, they kept everything really consistent. They only lost by three to teams like Boise State. They went against Colorado. So, you know, San Diego State kept it pretty close. Indiana's also gone pretty good as well. Uh, but St. Mary's is just so good defensively that I kind of feel like I just can't say no to them. And they beat Gonzaga 74 uh, or 67 to 57 after losing 74 to 58. Um, and then most recently did I get the ass kicked by Gonzaga. Uh, but I still do like St. Mary's here um, a bit. But I think that the sleeper team in here is going to be uh, Indiana, just because Indiana can come in here and just make uh, noise. The 21st best defense out there. They get a bunch of blocks. Um, they force a lot of turnovers. They're great offensively. Uh, I think Jackson Davis is their center in the middle. Center. Uh, we'll use that loosely. It just kind of gets a lot of dunks out there. He gets a lot of blocks. He's just super athletic, super fast. Um I, I, I don't know. I could keep talking about this one like literally all day uh, between these three teams because I just feel like St. Mary beating Gonzaga. I got to weigh that a little bit, but they also are only one and two against Gonzaga. But in the end, it's great. But what, 
Wyoming's also pretty solid. Like, I like all of them. Yeah, I like, I like Wyoming to be Indiana. Okay, so you think it's I? Even though I'm wearing the Indiana sweater, but I, I, I kind of stand Wyoming the little bit I've followed this year. Okay, maybe you got a bias in there. Um, I just don't know much about St. Mary's. <laughs> That's fair. Um, and if it. I'm just trying to look at both teams here. I just have to find it on Ken Palm. <laughs> um, I just it, that it's a really tough one. That but I I always find the five to twelve matchup one of the toughest to pick. We did have tough with the UConn one as well. Yeah. So here on the if you March Madness, they actually have Wyoming as the person that's going to win. Um, this matchup it looks like. Just based off who people's picking, um, I I I know that I know a lot of people like with this Wyoming team. I I'm one of them. The little I've watched. Are we gonna pick? Let's see. We've already we've picked a thirteen over four seed upset, a ten over seven. Uh, we also gonna pick a twelve over a five. And the thing this year too, I think the bracket. This is one of the most competitive tournaments we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be upsets. Don't. Wyoming, ha- Wyoming, ha- Wyoming, they don't shoot the ball well from three. Which can be concerning. But St. Mary's is a bad three-point shooting team defense. But, yeah, and, but they get their attempts up. They rank 88th in the country. So, like, they don't hit a lot, but they're high volume. And they're also really consistent from the field. Wyoming upset over St. Mary's. We're stop. We're gonna overthink it. Wyoming's upsetting St. Mary's. Boom, done. I yeah, blocked it. There you go. I blocked I it. I like it. I lock in another one. UCLA's beating Akron. Done. Dusted. I've made the decision for you. Um, I love this UCLA Thank team. You. Johnny Juzang is one of my favorite players in college basketball. This guy has just a pretty game. Now the problem for UCLA sometimes is they love to force uh, mismatches and then just attack those mismatches, um, which can sometimes lead to some tough shots. Whether the 15th best offense, 12th best defense, despite that, um, they never really turn the ball over. They play at their pace. They don't let people speed them up unless you're Arizona. Uh, sometimes they'll uh, let Arizona speed them up a little bit. And they don't really force a lot of three-pointers. They just get their offense. They take whatever's open. They force those mismatches, and they make sure that they make those mismatches count. Um, this Akron team is also great. They're just all around good. I just don't think that they have a chance against this insanely good UCLA team. No offense to Akron. Yeah, no, I don't dispute that. I like UCLA always. Uh, so Texas Tech or Texas, not Texas Tech. Texas and Virginia Tech is this next one. It's really tough for me because I love how Virginia Tech has played against um, you know Duke and those sort of teams, but Duke is not the defensive team that Texas is, um, and I think we've. We've kind of loved the fact that we have uh, good defensive teams throughout here. Because good defense usually trumps good offense um, in a lot of these tournaments. But there's a f- factor of randomness to it. Virginia Tech shoots 39% from the three-point line. That's pretty damn good. But Texas does force a lot of threes. Um, they do have a lot of fast break points. They don't really foul that often. They get a decent bit of blocks. Um, and they're actually okay inside the paint. Um, they're actually, I think, a really good three-point defense as well. 
Um, so that kind of bodes well for a team that is really good at threes. I just think that, um, in my opinion, that this Texas Tech team has been playing great. Or, uh, Texas Tech, Virginia Tech team has been playing great, but I see a world where Texas just finds a way to lock them down and just slow down their three-point attempts, um, and they just kind of slightly edge out this game. Because Texas's offense is kind of trash. So you can't really uh, love that, but I just I like the defense that they bring better than I like the offense that Tech brings. Yeah. The um, Texas Tech is a really good shooting offense. Virginia Tech. Um, you, you keep saying the same mistake yeah. I did, though. <laughs> or Virginia Tech, sorry. And uh, Texas, they don't really shoot a ton of threes. Yeah, they don't really have a lot of threats. Um, they do lock it down. My worry in this game would be is if Virginia Tech comes out and hits a few in a row, and then Texas has to play catch up. Yeah, because they shoot them and hit them at a. They don't really sh- well. They shoot a good amount of them because they hit them, but they hit them at such a high percentage that I feel like that just means they're getting open looks off of good plays. And I will say both these teams play at the, the same they, pace they, too, so they're both yeah, used they, to this. They they play a, the same similar style pace. I got to give credit to a Texas, Eva Luma. That guy's a beast. But Virginia Tech is a little more consistent on. That nah, doesn't really make a difference though. That they're, they're both pretty consistent. Yeah. And, and I will say, I think that uh, Texas is probably kind of sick of losing. They've lost to three straight teams that are also great. I mean, Baylor and Kansas were both... Baylor, Kansas, and TCU, they lost to three teams in this tournament. You gotta think they're sick of losing, and they're trying to come out here. Now, Virginia Tech's actually favored by one, but if Virginia Tech, I think, at all kind of falls from that three-point percentage, misses a few of those, they do still have a good two-point percentage. I just... I don't know. I have a feeling that Texas is gonna is gonna take this one. I don't. Yeah, with the eleven seed being favored here, you saying that I that I would actually lean toward Texas because that line feels like a trap. And then uh, this next game, uh, these colors are so similar. I can't even actually tell apart when I'm looking at them. Um, I feel bad for Yale. Um, they worked so hard to go to the Ivy League, uh, Yale championship, get their spot in the tournament. Uh, but you know they're at the Ivy League for a reason. I want Purdue here. Um, I'm pretty sure yeah. Purdue has the most efficient player in the country, and uh, Zach Eady, who is I think a seven foot three, seven foot four, absolute monster that shoots like 74 percent from the field, or at least started the season shooting 74 percent from the field because you literally cannot guard the dude. He's so good in the post. Um, and they also have another uh, nice center, so they just switch those two on and off over and over and over again. Um, and Purdue is quite favored in this game against Yale. It just doesn't really seem uh, like a game that Yale can win. Purdue is, I think, the best offense in the country, um, aside from Gonzaga. So, yeah, they've also been hitting on all cylinders, and they just took a uh, tough loss um, to Iowa. So I think Purdue's going to be coming out here with some extra vigor and trying to prove to themselves that they need uh, need to make their uh, championship run and kind of just stomp on this Yale team. Yeah, it's Purdue all the way. Uh, Next one, Murray State, San Francisco. Uh, I... 
have an extreme bias here towards Murray State. I like these guys a lot. And uh, San Francisco, I think they've said that they've been uh, really good at, I think, guarding the three-point line and forcing people off of that three-point line. But when the team that they're going against can still get it inside, um, they still have struggled to win those games. So they've been good at stopping people from getting threes. Uh, but when they are forced with a scenario where they have to then guard the paint, it doesn't really go too well. And I think this uh, Murray State team is uh, coming in here really confident. You know, they're ready to go. They're a great two-point shooting team. They're pretty decent from the three. They're not the fastest, but these guys have not lost since December 22nd against Auburn, who is a two-seed. And granted, it was a 13-point win for Auburn at Auburn, but I just think that this Murray State team is on a high. They're having some fun. They're going out there. And San Francisco, well, good. Really good defensively, honestly. I just think that uh, they may try to focus a little bit too much on the three-point line, and the these Murray State players have no problem just getting whatever the hell they can get um, and keeping it at their pace, keeping it slow. I like Murray State in this matchup. Yeah, you know what this game kind of feels like to me, actually? What? It feels like a buzzer-beater type of miracle game. I like that. I hope it is. To be honest. Uh, San Francisco is um, only favored by one too, so they don't. They think this thing's gonna go down to the wire. Yeah, I'm seeing one and a half too. Um, and you got yeah, San Francisco is not and, good at the line. Yeah, well, ne neither team is good at the line. Both teams shoot one oh, team shoots sixty nine point nine percent, and one okay, team shoots sixty nine point six percent. They're both pretty abysmal. Um. But Murray State keeps the ball uh, better and forces turnovers against a team like uh, San Francisco is kind of middle of the pack at keeping that ball together. So if they can force some turnovers, um, I think that could be really nice in their favor. Yeah, I think this one, like, to me, it's another play on the line. People are going to be on San Francisco. That's I assume that's why they're favored as a 10 seed. Yep. Um... So I'm gonna be on. I I don't mind. I don't mind being on the side of the sports books in most cases. So yeah, let's take Maurice. Um, and the next one, I love the fact that these guys are the Peacocks. I honestly, I love that. And I'll probably make one bracket where the Peacocks upset Kentucky. But I don't actually think that the Peacocks are gonna upset Kentucky. I'm sorry. No. no. I'm sorry. Move next game. I'm sorry. Ne move on. I'm sorry. Like, you guys are great. St. Peter's Peacocks is your first time in the big dance since 2011. Uh, awesome for getting there. You guys have had a great season. I j it just sucks that it has to come to an end against Kentucky. Um, the next one, we got UNC and Baylor. Now, uh, Baylor is down their uh, starting center. I think, uh, what is it? Chamba Wachachua. But they really haven't missed a beat. They've been fine. Um, against the UNC team, who is obviously so quick and so good with their big men, it can be a bit concerning, obviously, that, you know, they're uh, down their big man. But it hasn't mattered, like, at all, really. Um, and they're coming off a pretty bad L to Oklahoma. I think that they're going to come out here, make a statement against Norfolk State, and just keep riding some momentum. I think that this Baylor team is another one like uh, Gonzaga, where I just don't see them anywhere but the Elite Eight. Yeah, that's what I I was gonna say, and like this, is, I have a question that I want to ask, and it's not that I think Baylor's gonna lose by any means, uh -huh. um, but 
How do you think any of these one seeds get upset early? Looking across, yeah, I said that Baylor makes games? it to the elite eight, but uh, I have a hot take that's gonna come in the next round after we pick okay. it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, so I, like, I, moving forward, I'm comfortable taking. Baylor you know what? I'll just I'll jump the gun right dominate. now. I'll tell you my exact bracket. Let, let, let well, let's leave it. We can well, leave it. Well, it'll be a. It involves the next pick. <laughs> okay. I have Baylor beating UNC. And I think UNC, UCLA is going to beat Wyoming and then go on to beat Baylor. UCLA is going to beat... Okay. That is my hot take. Uh, again, I've said it. I love this UCLA team. If we're looking at overall efficiency between these two teams, UCLA is 8, Baylor is 5. Baylor's a great defensive team. UCLA is a great defensive team. Baylor's a great offensive team. UCLA is a great offensive team. UCLA is turn the ball over. Baylor's turn the ball over. Baylor offensive rebounds well. So does UCLA. They both are good at getting steals. Baylor's a bit better at getting blocks. Baylor's thin. Yeah. UCLA's thin. These are very similar teams. I just, I like uh, UCLA a bit better. I've seen these guys just consistently hit tough shots. They've gone against a lot of tough teams. So has Baylor uh, quite a bit. I just, I don't know. I just, I have a feeling that, you know, you, a lot, every single player that was on the UCLA team that lost to a half-court shot to Gonzaga last year is on this UCLA team right now. And I think that they really want to get back and play Gonzaga again and get that revenge in the big dance. And I just, I'm just, I'm riding that momentum myself. Yeah, no, I, I so the reason I kind of asked that question was I was looking at all these one seeds across the other divisions. Yeah. And Baylor's the one that I feel is most vulnerable. I mean, they are the most uh, limited. They have a few the, injuries that they've been dealing with all season. Yeah, yeah. And, like, when you say that, they're dealing with injuries. Kansas, I think, has been hot coming into oh, this yeah. thing. I'm not they were cooking. They've been cooking. But Arizona's a favorite. Gonzaga's a favorite. Baylor feels like they should be there, but... Because of injuries and stuff, it feels like they're going to be let down. And I don't think I'm wrong in saying that one, one, like it feels like one, one seed is always upset before the Elite Eight, for the most part, anyway. I don't know the actual number on that, but yeah. I like UCLA. I'm pretty sure there's only been one time in the history of the NCAA where all four one seeds made to the final four. Yeah, I like that. Somebody's losing beforehand. I like that UCLA team as well. Uh, I guess we'll we'll skip the pick. Do you believe that uh, Kentucky is losing to Murray State? No. Okay, next up. Purdue, Texas. I have Purdue. I have Purdue as well. Simple. Purdue and Kentucky is where it gets difficult. But I think I like Purdue in this matchup. I think I do. A little bit. A little bit. But a little bit? You like Purdue? Uh, it's because it's because Kentucky's been really inconsistent with their shot making. I found that out firsthand when I bet on them to beat Tennessee, and then they lost. Um, and they were two of twenty four from three. Uh, they do have Oscar Sheboy, but I think Purdue has enough, um, you know, rebounding potential and guys to throw at Kentucky, uh, to really slow down uh Shibway and his ability to rebound. Purdue is also the fourth best three point shooting team in the country, and they have the twelfth best two-point percentage as well like purdue is crazy good i understand that kentucky is a great defense but if kentucky can't hit their shots 
I don't doubt that Purdue can get their buckets. I sometimes doubt that Kentucky can get their buckets and has to rely on their defense. And I think Oster Shibay, that Mr. Consistent 17 and 15, I just think he's he he's not going to be able to get his consistent one against Edie and Co. in Purdue. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm just trying to open this up on Ken Palm, but I, I really like this Purdue team. Um, I like their shooting. I like their efficiency in general. Um, they do, they don't really turn the ball over. They, they're hundred and first in the country. They play at a pretty slow tempo, but a, like an average tempo. So they've played some up tempo games. They've played some low tempo games. Um, I like Kentucky as well. I just, I think I like Purdue a little more. We'll go with it. And who's winning that Purdue-UCLA matchup? I don't know. My gut leans UCLA. I will say Purdue has the size to mess with UCLA a bit. Yeah. Uh, but both of these guys but... are really good tough shot makers. So I can't really... Uh... I It's... Yeah, my gut leans UCLA in a miracle type game. Fair. But it's hard to pick against the fourth best shooting team in the country not to be the one hitting the miracle shot. If your gut's telling you UCLA, you should go with it and rematch UCLA and Gonzaga in the final. You don't love that look? What about Purdue and Gonzaga in the Final Four? I don't know. This this Purdue team just feels like they have a little magic, a little more magic too than the UCLA team. They've been they've had the buzz this season. Yeah, they've been talked about all over the place. Their offense has been storied, but they did just get absolutely cooked by one of the best offensive but, teams in the country, Iowa. I. I also feel like UCL's UCLA is being underrated maybe a little bit. Like they've beaten the brakes off of Arizona multiple times this season. One time. Wow. Wasn't it I thought they played multiple times they, this they season. They they've played three times. One uh was in the championship game and Arizona took it and Arizona has taken actually the last two matchups against uh UCLA. Oh, UCLA okay. took the first one. UCLA played well against them against the spread, though. So they play like tough teams good. Yeah. They, I, yeah. I'm taking the initiative. Um, and UCLA is winning. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we can pick who goes to the championship game UCLA or Gonzaga? Gonzaga. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Ooh. All right. We'll go. With it. No, Gonzaga. Okay. It's got to be Gonzaga. Um, and I'm realizing we are over an hour now into the podcast. So if we go a little bit quicker on this second half, I apologize. Um, but, you know, it's just kind of what has to happen. So uh, I think the first thing that we can do is uh, Arizona will be beating Wright State or Bryant. Um, love both of these teams, but I just don't see a world in which they win. No. Uh, next game, Seton Hall and TCU. Um, this is probably the, I was looking at this, this may be the closest matchup that we have in the entire tourney if you just look at the analytics. Uh, both teams are top 25 defenses. 
that limit everything on the floor. They lack in their offensive consistency. They play at similar paces. TCU recently, though, has stepped it up. But they're still not scoring amazingly, but they have stepped it up. Uh, TCU is second in the country on the offensive glass, but can be very prone to turning the ball over. Seton Hall keeps the ball to themselves a bit better, but can be prone to fouling with their taller team. So it's a little bit uh, kind of wishy-washy. Seton Hall does have the extra height, though, I think, to keep TCU off the glass and make sure that their um, offensive rebounding is a little bit more consistent. Uh, Ken Palm has them as a one-point favorite just based off analytics. And I just think because of that, I think that TCU is a great defensive team. and just the exercise of Seton Hall is what's going to keep TCU from being that extra, you know, defensive team because I, the most recent game against Texas, I think they still just didn't look amazing offensively. And I think if they get that uh, down, like they did against uh, Texas, I don't think they're coming back against the Seton Hall team. Yeah, no, I like this. I like Seton Hall here. Uh, the next one. I like that. I like the Seton magic. The next one is Houston UAB. Now this is a battle of like, just two completely opposite styles um offense and defense uab is insanely good on offense um houston though insanely good on defense houston is the 11th best defense and the 10th best offense still uh they only allow opponents to shoot 43 percent from the field and 29 percent from three they block the third most shots per game they are the third best offensive rebounding team in the country uab is the 28th best offense has the ninth best three-point percentage in the country will also be in the 89th best defense they have the 13th best steal percentage. They play a lot faster than this Houston team preferring to get up threes in their transition. But Houston is notorious for being a team that wins games by missing shots. Although they've been a lot more efficient this season. Um, Houston's whole strategy is effort. If you take a three and you think that it might miss, send three guys to the paint. One of them is going to get a rebound and put it back up. But I don't think the UAB has the size uh, to stop Houston from this kind of strategy. And we've talked about a four offense versus defense. I think in the case of Vermont, Vermont's defense offense is so good that they can kind of overwhelm Arkansas because they've been overwhelmed before. Houston really doesn't. When they've gone against fast teams, Houston just slows them down and stops them entirely. And I think that they just handle that kind of pressure better and Every single time we get in one of these tournaments, Houston usually at least goes to the Sweet 16 Elite Eight because people just aren't ready for the defense that they have. Yeah, no, I like this Houston team yearly in the college tournament to make at least a little bit of a run. Yeah, because they just, um, they, they, you don't score on them. Yeah, no, you don't score. They lock you up. They pull up. They're fast. They, like you said, I like anybody that's given effort, chasing, doing <laughs> the extra work, chasing rebounds. All that. When it comes to one and done, those are the little things that win ball games. Fair enough. Illinois, Chattanooga. I love it. I love it. Um, I think, uh, what is it, on the CBS broadcast, I think this was the upset that they said they were most likely, um, to, that they thought was most likely to see. Now, so this one's expected. But I think that Kofi so Coburn Illinois, is then. going to cook Chattanooga. Yeah. Kofi Cokeburn is a seven-footer who's averaging 21 a game and 10 or 11 rebounds. This guy is just different. Uh, both these teams are really great and uh, well-rounded. Obviously, Illinois, if you look on paper, is a little bit better. Uh, but a lot of people just really like this Chattanooga team. They're a little bit better inside. But they are the slightly smaller team. Chattanooga is a great shooting team. They're not really great at getting blocks. They just kind of play good defense. But they are really good at picking pockets. Um, their starting guard on Chattanooga is really good at getting steals. Uh, but Illinois really doesn't let you speed them up or take the ball from them that often. 
I just think that Kofi is going to be too much for this Chattanooga team. That inside-out game of Illinois has been great, and they've been playing really, really good recently. I like this Chattanooga team. I do see an upset potential here if Kofi has a bad game and you can really limit him. I just think there's way too many offensive options on this Illinois team for Chattanooga really to think about. I hate taking all, you know, uh, what is it, higher seeds, but I just, I, you know, I just think that this one's kind of clear-cut. Yeah, and see, the thing I'm starting to see now when uh, is I've never bet college basketball and picked a bracket at the same time. <laughs> Something that I'm starting to see from like the betting side to the picking the bracket side is the strategy a little bit when you say this is the most likely upset to happen. That makes me think this is the most likely favorite to win. This is one of those games that just busts people's bracket because they go with what ESPN or whoever is saying, oh, Chattanooga is going to win. That's fair. I, 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 I would imagine if we go to DraftKings numbers later or something when he posts this, because of that, you're going to see a lot more money on Chattanooga. And I'm a really big believer in fading the pub or fading the public. So I like Illinois in that. Nobody's talking about that Vermont upset. We may be ahead of the game there. We love that. I really like that. Upset. <laughs> um, anyway, that one's going to come out of left field. Uh, the next one is uh, Colorado State and Michigan. Michigan has been put through the ring. We've talked about it. Juwan Howard's out there boxing assistant coaches. You know, he's throwing the left, <laughs> the right, a little hook shot in <laughs> here and there. Like crazy time. <laughs> Crazy times. Uh, Colorado State uh, is crazy good as well. Uh, Colorado State uh, is the 19th best offense, and Michigan is the 20th best offense. So we're going to see an absolute showdown because neither of these teams are insanely good at defense. Uh, Colorado State's a much better three-point shooting team. Both teams are going to look to play it slow, get their kind of offense. Um, and both really like that inside game. Uh, Roby, I think, on Colorado State really loves those backdoor cuts to get inside. You know, the second, the second that he sees that you're sleeping, boom. He's down there uh, getting that backdoor cut and getting those layups. But Hunter Dickinson is also going to be a problem for Michigan to control there. Um, I do slightly like Colorado State, and I think most people kind of slightly like Colorado State a little bit. Uh, but Michigan has been playing good lately. You never know. Maybe they make a run. This is another one of those games where I don't really think that you could make a wrong pick in it. You can just take a more likely pick. Uh, I think the more likely winner here is Colorado State. But I would not be surprised in the slightest if Michigan takes this one. Yeah, I like Colorado State here, too. And Colorado State's another um, team that I've kind of stand a little bit. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, I think I have a little bit of bias towards the Midwest Conference. It's possible. Because um, I went to school in the Midwest for a little bit. But I like watching those teams and following that conference a little bit. Um, but I just think Michigan's had such a season or like such a up and down roller coaster in the news, out of the news, whatever, that Colorado State should probably just going to come in here and roll for this first game. I love it. Uh, next one, I kind of feel bad for a long one here, be a long wood. Here, but you get to play Tennessee, third-ranked defense in the country, extremely good at playing really good defense and not committing fouls. Houston is really good at you know playing defense, but they get a lot of fouls. Tennessee puts up that same effort, but in such a smart way that they don't give up fouls. 
They're a really good uh, three-point shooting defense. They're an insanely good offensive rebounding team. Longwood is great, but Tennessee is one of the best teams in the country, and I just don't think that this is the upset that's going to happen. If Longwood goes out and do it, good job. Like, good job. Like, that's a really small feat, but the way that I saw this Tennessee team take care of Kentucky, I think that Kentucky is going to get upset in that 15-2 to seed matchup before uh, Tennessee gets upset here. Yeah. They just Yeah, no, man I think Tennessee them. Tennessee is going to roll here. Now, I don't even know who Longwood is. Now, this is another one that they're talking about this is the most likely upset. This is the most likely upset. And I I am inclined to agree. Loyola Chicago I, I agree. over Ohio I agree. State. Simple. I really lo- I I like I like Loyola here. Was it Sister um, Jean is back in the Cinderella story, and I love it. I love it. They're they're seventh in effective field goal percentage, um, sixteenth in three point percentage, fifteenth in two point percentage. They're not a bad three point shooting team. Um, they don't really they don't really turn the ball over that bad. I like I. They play. They play slow. They control the ball. I like this Loyola team. Uh, another thing to put in, if you have uh, watched a few Loyola games, what they love to do is misdirection. So they'll mm-hmm. run a few plays, uh, run a few guys, you know, over to the right side to make you forget that there's a dude just standing in the corner. Uh, chuck that over there. You know, a few ball fakes here and there. They just love keeping the defense on their toes and they just play smart basketball. And it just, I really feel like people are gassing this one up. I, I agree. As long as Loyola Chicago can control um, those, you know, deep angle post ups with Liddell, I think that Loyola can take this game. You know, I, I like I like this. Um, yeah, I like this uh, Loyola team. Their experience too. Their average average uh, whatever would be or average age or whatever you want years into the program is two and a half years compared to Ohio State, who's young. Um, they're 1.87 there. years into their programs or years left. I don't know how you'd want to say that, but I like this Loyola team. I think the magic continues. Mr. Jean's got it in her. <laughs> uh, and I guess we'll move it down. Nova is beating Delaware. I'm sorry, Delaware. I love you. Uh, kind of. I've actually been to Delaware a few times. I actually don't like it. But I'll let, uh, uh, Nova. Nova is just such a hard team to bet against. You know, they're good. Nova never turns the ball over. They're super efficient from three. They have a bunch of players who are insanely experienced. They are insanely smart with the ball. Jay Wright is one of the best coaches you've ever seen in your life. The dude just knows what he's doing. He makes these postseason runs consistently. Uh, Nova does have a pretty thin bench, so they do get into foul trouble. It can be tough. But I just think that this all-around solid Delaware team just doesn't have the firepower to beat Colin Gillespie and more on this Nova team if they get cooking. Yeah. No. Nova undisputed. Um, yeah, we'll keep going. Arizona's beating Seton Hall. Sorry, Seton Hall. Yeah. Arizona's keep beating Seton Hall. Uh, this next one, though, I think this one's kind of tough. I think this is going to be a really good matchup. Uh, Illinois and Houston. I think it's a really good matchup. Now, I think I slightly lean towards Illinois in this, but I also like Houston just because Houston has the style of ball that works in tournaments. Yeah, I 
I haven't looked at anything on Kempom here. We might have to do a little debate on this one. <laughs> My initial lean would be Houston without looking at anything, just knowing how they play. Okay. Um. I don't know, though, for sure. Well, I'll tell you, Illinois, 30 be 30th best defense, 23rd best offense. They're the 40th best three-point shooting uh, team in the country. Uh, they don't really turn the ball over too much, but they don't really force too many turnovers. Uh, Houston, really terrible free-throw shooting team, which if this game can be close, that's not good for them. 66.9% yeah. from the uh, free-throw line. They can be very inconsistent from three, but they do hold opponents, obviously, to a lower style. Um, Illinois plays a bit faster than this uh, Houston team does, obviously. but I think that Houston style of play where, you know, it's heavy defense, you know, chuck up threes, all effort and get offensive rebounds. I think that one of the best counters to that is a seven foot 280 center uh, that can grab anything that he wants and can bully anybody else. Uh, so I think Illinois does have a really good matchup there in the paint. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You convinced me. Illinois. <laughs> that didn't take a lot. Oh, I finally got their Kempom stuff pulled up. I don't mind. I like Illinois there. Uh, I get, well, we'll keep moving down instead of going. Yeah, we'll, do, we'll keep going. Tennessee, Colorado State. Who do you got? You taking your Tennessee. bias, or are you going Tennessee? No, Tennessee. Fair enough. Uh, I think I just think it like Colorado State out of the Mountain West won't have seen enough good teams like Tennessee. They won't. I don't think they'll be ready for Tennessee's defense. I, they play San Diego State, though. They do have good defense. I, I do agree that Tennessee's winning this, uh, but I will just say San Diego State, another really good defense who has uh, who Colorado State has beat twice, I think. But yeah, I still prefer Tennessee uh, here. Yeah, I like Tennessee here. Because San Diego I State doesn't have the uh, offense that Tennessee does. Yeah. Um, is Sister Jean rolling into the Sweet 16, or is Nova taking it? No, I think this Nova team's locked in. Yeah, I agree. With the way the way they looked on Selection Sunday, that Loyola Chicago team, and between the way they both looked, that Loyola Chicago team, all their players had their phones out recording their Snapchats. That Nova team just sat there like robots and clapped their hands like, yep, this is where we're supposed to be. Now let's go to work. I like that. I like this Nova team. Arizona. Illinois. Um, I think Arizona. Arizona. Arizona is one of my favorites, though. Arizona. I don't think that the Illinois team is ready for the pace that Arizona puts on. Yeah, and by the if you said Illinois got a big center, and by the you said two eighty or whatever, I was just gassing it. I don't know his exact weight. Here. We'll see if we can look it yeah, up. Yeah, if check that out. If he's he's a big slow guy, I like Arizona. Kofi Coke. Oh, he is. He's seven foot two eighty five. I might have actually said his exact weight. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, Kofi Coburn. He's he's a demon. Uh, he's a beast. But um, they have you know I think six ten six eleven centers so you know they're not undersized but Arizona just loves to run I think the their coach um, who was the assistant coach at Gonzaga for a little while um, said that he thinks that the most important thing is the first three steps after a rebound so he really emphasized his centers take those you know big three steps and just keep your lead after you get it after those three steps and then get those layups and they've also said that they don't 
always need to play fast. They just like to play fast because it makes the game easier because they can force more mistakes out of the offense. Um, so I just yep. think that they've thought about this, and I like Arizona here, man, so much. Yeah, no, I like Arizona too. Tennessee, Villanova. You were just gassing Nova, but do you think it's not enough gas to beat Tennessee? I don't know. This one's tough. I will say this may be one of the best. If this matchup ends up happening, this could be one of the best games of the entire tournament. Yeah, this this one could feel like um like a final four in the sweet sixteen kind of type of matchup. Yeah, which is tough, man. Like this is this um, is when it gets difficult. Villanova's got a really good offense, though, don't they? That's their thing. They're consistent, right? Yeah, they're the... Well, actually, they are the... Uh, hold up, I was clicking it. They are um, really good um, defensively as well. They're the 8th best offense and 28th best defense. Uh, but one good thing about Nova is, or for this matchup is that Tennessee doesn't really play that fast. Um, Nova plays at one of the slowest speeds in the country with Jay Wright. But Nova does not let teams slow them up that's jay or speed them up that's jay Wright's main thing he does not want his teams to play fast you play your offense you play your game you get the shots that you want and the one thing that we've said a lot free throw shooting teams nova is the best free throw shooting team in the country they shoot 82.3 percent from the free throw line as a team if it gets to a close yeah. game they have the advantage there and that's not to say tennessee's bad um, they're shooting 71%. That's not horrible. It's not great, but it's not horrible. But Villanova shoots over 2% better than the team in second. Yeah, no, I, I like I like Villanova here. Usually I'd lean defense and say Tennessee, but Villanova's got their own good defense. And the more the better the offense after that, I like that their consistency, their free throws. Um and like I said before, I think Nova's locked. And this might be the division where we see the 1-2 matchup come through. And in that 1-2 matchup, the 1 is taking it. You think so? I, I love this Nova team. I just think that this Arizona team is Final Four built. If there is if a team in like college... It. There's two teams in college basketball that I think that can slow that Nova team up. Speed that Nova team up. It's Arizona and Gonzaga. It's those two teams. Um, Nova is a little bit, I think, uh, small. They're like trying to run Sasser, or not Sasser, um, Samuels, who's a little bit smaller on the, the big man. And I think they have the speed to keep up with this Arizona team. But I think if Nova tries to keep that speed up with it, that's just not the game that they play. Because you know, I was just hyping up the fact that they don't let people speed them up. But if you do speed up Nova, that's when they're not really them. Yeah, That's not when they're yeah. comfortable. And I, I think this Nova team is also prone to some cold spells or to be shut down at times. That is fair. By and if they play good teams. And uh Arizona has the third best two point percentage defense. So Yeah. I I do think if it comes down to the wire, like really close end of situations, Nova can take this. But my favorite is Arizona. Yeah. All right. Midwest division, our final division out here. It's looking juicy. Who do you think is winning? Kansas or the winner of Texas Southern and Texas A&M Corpus Christ? Uh, the latter. Oh, Corpus Christ? No. Yeah, no, Texas. Or Kansas, let's go. 
San Diego Creighton. San Diego Creighton. San Diego State and Creighton. Uh, that's a tough one. Right. This is another this, one of the hardest this, matchups to pick. This Creighton team, they're young. They're hungry. And they both they're can't injured. score. They both, they both can't, can't score. score. For the life of them. That's I just don't know if it's Creighton's year. I think they're start they don't they start four freshmen. Um they start um Ryan Hawkins, senior, Ryan Kalk uh Kalkbrenner, sophomore, Ryan Nemhard, uh freshman, Kaluma, freshman, and I think um what is it, Alex O'Connell? Maybe he was a senior. So they they're not. No, they start a couple freshmen then. Yeah, but that Nemhart guy is good. They have a their bench guys that sub in are younger, but they do have a fairly young team. I don't know. I just feel like Creighton has some magic to him here. That's fair. I think that this is one where if you're going to be filling out your brackets, you should evenly pick between this because this is like a tough game. I like yeah. Creighton here. They made a good run in that Big East tournament. They were looking really good there. Uh, they also have, I think, the uh, a bit more size than the San Diego State team, which can be good. Uh, but both of these teams really aren't amazing on offense and are really good on defense. Like San Diego State, second defensive uh, ranked defensive team. Yeah, is it possible that that's slightly overrated due to their conference that they play in? They held Boise State uh, to 53 points. They held Colorado State, who's one of the best offensive teams in the country, to 58. Fresno State, they held the 53. Um, Wyoming, they held the 66. San Jose, 52. Boise again to 58. Fresno to 44. They don't let people score. They're consistent. Yeah. But I don't know. I just I think I don't think it's Creighton's year. You're going with San Diego? I like San Diego for this bracket anyway. All right. All right. Next one. Iowa and Richmond. Now, I'm going to assume that you know a little bit about Iowa, but you don't know a lot about Richmond. Um, I know a little bit about both of these teams. Okay. I think this is a sleeper um, matchup. I think this is going to be yeah. a fun game uh, because Iowa is the second best offense in the country, 35th best three-point percentage. They're great at forcing turnovers, and they run. They love to sprint and get those threes up in transition. They just actually beat this Purdue team that we were just gassing and want to go uh, to the, was it, Elite Eight. We're sending Purdue to the Elite Eight, and Iowa made them look goofy. It was crazy. Uh, the great thing, though, for Richmond, they have the all-time D1 steals leader of all time on their team. So this guy is also great at getting steals. So the whole Iowa team is good at stealing, but Richmond um, has, uh, I think it's, uh, what is the name? I completely forget. He's got a G in it. I I'm apologize, but he's great um, at getting steals, forcing turnovers. Uh, but the problem for Richmond is this Iowa team loves to chuck threes and sprint in transition. Richmond's not really the greatest at three-point defensive teams. Uh, they let up a lot of them. And if you let up a lot of threes to Iowa, any open ones they're going to take, they shoot them. They're like the Charlotte Hornets out there, man. They are sprinting and they are chucking threes. Uh, but I will say Iowa's still pretty good defensively. Um, so I, that could be interesting. Now, Richmond is really good on the offensive glass. Uh, or not really good on the offensive glass, and Iowa is. So that could also be another problem. I love both these teams. I think they're both nice. I could see upset potential here, but I think the way that Iowa's been rolling, I don't see them losing first round. 
Yeah, no, I like Iowa here. And then I I already like the next matchup of Providence too. Are you I think those were those were two fairly easy ones for me to pick. You're picking Providence? Yeah. I have an upset. No, you don't. We're taking South Dakota State. No. <laughs> you don't like South Dakota State? No. You don't like the number one three-point shooting team in the country that shoots 44% of, from three on 21 attempts a game. 44% mm. from three. Four better from the team in second. Are they going to do that in a one-game matchup? Against for their lives against a Providence team who has struggled to consistently beat the top talent. Most of their wins are within seven to eight points. Um, they really haven't been clamping up, even though their defense is supposed to be crazy. Um, and Providence really has been struggling this season. They've really failed to beat teams that they're supposed to by those big margins that they're supposed to. And a lot of those other games have been really close and they've just barely iced them out. I've said earlier that I liked the ice on this Providence team. But this South Dakota State team is just fucking man. I love the way that they play. I think this is a really nice upset. And Providence just really hasn't swayed me in a way that makes me confident with them. You know, I'm just not in love with this Providence team the way that I am this um, South Dakota State team. Because South Dakota State um, also doesn't really play at this like insane pace to get these, you know, three pointers up and get these shots up. They just play consistently. Um, they do have a pretty bad defense, which uh, to a team like Providence can be tough. But Providence only scored 58 against Creighton and only scored 65 against Butler, who's really not that amazing of a team. Uh, they only really have beat teams, again, that they're supposed to beat by very small margins. I mean, they beat Butler by seven, uh, beat them by four again most recently. They only beat Xavier by three. They only beat Marquette by two. They only beat St. John's by six. So it's really kind of been a tough uh, time going for this Providence team and I'm just I'm not really sold on them making a run and I think the uh the proof is in that is that the fact that they they didn't stop they just didn't start losing so they just kept slowly moving up but very slowly it seems like most people in general were high on this Providence team if you want to go with the consistent four pick I'm with it but I'm riding to South Dakota State I think this upset could be fun I think it's just great and you cannot uh, discredit a team that's shooting almost 45% from three on 21 attempts. Yeah. I'm looking at South Dakota State, though. They they don't lock it up. They don't lock it up, and they don't play anybody. <laughs> they are in a they bit played, of a weaker conference. They played Alabama and beat them, or got beat by 16. They played Washington, they got beat by 11. They played Idaho, got beat by 14. They played Missouri State, got beat by 12. They did. They've only beat team, they beat, I guess they beat Montana State, and there's a whole bunch of other teams that I don't really even recognize in here. I don't know. I like Purdue's been playing well recent or Providence has been playing well recently. The only team they've lost to since January 4th is Virginia. Providence? Or no, I'm looking <laughs> oh, I'm looking at the schedule backwards. They lost to Creighton, they lost to Villanova. They lost to Nova again and they lost to Marquette. They beat they just beat Creighton though. Beating teams back to back is hard. 
They got beat by Villanova twice. That's they barely beat. They, it took overtime to beat a team in DePaul who is really kind of towards the bottom end of the Big East. They're not like crazy. Um, St. John's is one of the worst See, teams and so like they've the, struggled. The, I, I don't know. In college and stuff, like when you're supposed to beat teams by a huge margin, I don't, I don't put a lot of chalk into that. Like when you go into games as 20 point favorites. How are you supposed to tell a bunch of 20-year-olds to go in there and actually give a crap? I think that uh, this Providence team has struggled to beat the teams that they were supposed to. And you're saying it right here. They're supposed to beat this team. And that's why I like it. Yeah, but like supposed to beat DePaul is different than supposed to beat. All right, we'll, we'll give we'll... Providence the gas because I know they're going to lose to Iowa in the next round. It's fine, but like, I just feel like Iowa or Providence is going to have way more experience against good teams. They are an experienced team. I will say that's the one thing that's going with them, but I'm calling it here now. South Dakota State upset. If that happens, I will take all and every set of premium gas that is available. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I've said my piece. Uh, next one, LSU and Iowa State. Great matchup. Great teams. Uh, probably one of the, uh, again, harder matchups to pick, even though it's a 6 versus 11 seed. Because uh, I think it's kind of can both be sleepers in the tournament. But um, aside from all the great things that they have, both are good defensive teams. LSU is actually locked down. There's just kind of one thing that I'm sticking with with LSU. It's the same reason that I didn't love Memphis. Memphis turns the ball over. Iowa State does as well. But LSU has just not been the most experienced team. And they just turn the ball over a lot, especially against those top talents. LSU has really struggled recently to beat teams that are on equal footing as them. And I think this Iowa State team is on equal footing. Um, and I just kind of like Iowa State to take this. I don't think it'll be as gassed. LSU is a very popular team, so people are going to go with it. Um, and LSU is, I think, even favored a bit. But I like this Iowa State to take advantage of the mistakes um, that LSU makes, especially considering both are bad three-point shooting teams. Um, I just, I'm going with this one. I might be gassing up a little bit, but Iowa State forces a lot of turnovers. LSU likes to turn it over a little bit. I'm going with that one. And they've lost, they've lost Arkansas. They lost Arkansas. They lost to Kentucky. They lost to South Carolina, who's really not that great. Uh, Vanderbilt, who is decent. Mississippi, who's really not that great. They lost to TCU, who's in this tournament. They lost to Tennessee. They lost to Alabama. They lost to Arkansas. They lost to Auburn. They did beat Kentucky and Tennessee once. But I just think, that they've lost most of their matchups against teams that are even and then have kind of just beat up on the weaker guys. I just, I don't have trust in them. Yeah, no, I like this Iowa State team. I like their coach. <laughs> I just don't like teams that struggle to beat the top competition and just beat up on bad people. Yeah, no, I like their coach. I like Iowa State. I like the way they're coached. I like the way they play. We'll go with it. All right. Uh, this is one that I'm extremely biased towards uh, because I've gone and I've worked, you know, a game or two uh, for this team. I've gone there. I've seen this team, you know, firsthand from like two feet away. I've interviewed some of the players on this Colgate team um, and they're a really great team, but I'm really biased. And I feel like that's uh, kind of intruding with how I can um, really realistically look at this matchup. I do think that Wisconsin can win this. Uh, but the thing with Colgate is if you don't guard the three point line on this team, they are so good at sharing the ball, passing it around, and just doing whatever they can to make sure that it works that 
it's going to help. They are second in the country in three-point percentage. They shoot 40% of the team. They always pass it around. They're one of the most unselfish teams that I've seen in college basketball. Uh, when we did some of the interviews with the players after it, they said that they're always looking for the next shot. They rarely ever take that first one um, that is open, but they have a really tough matchup against a Wisconsin team that most people are saying could be a Final Four potential team. And it's just kind of tough, man. I mean, Wisconsin has a great strength of schedule. They've played a lot of really good teams. They're a really good defense. They're a pretty solid offense. Uh, I just think that the only way that this uh, Colgate team is if Wisconsin uh, comes in and they uh, underrate how Colgate can come out and uh, hoop against them. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. As Colgate proved early in the season, like Syracuse, they let him get a few open threes, underrated him, and they absolutely torched him. Uh, Ferguson, or Fergie as his nickname is, I love it. Uh, on Colgate is great, but I just, I think that Wisconsin is winning this game. I'm just personally going to be rooting for Colgate. Yeah, I think, I don't know. Colgate's been playing a lot better coming into this game. Wisconsin's lost their last two games. Colgate's won a whole whack of them straight. Um, don't. I don't know. I'd probably take... I'd probably take Wisconsin to win this match. But I might, when the time comes around, bet on Colgate to cover the spread. I, I'm actually a re really big fan of this Colgate. I didn't want to because you know, I'm a Cuse fan and I'm, you know, going down to another place in New York, another college that beat us earlier in the season. But these guys haven't lost since January 8th. Granted, they are in not a great conference. Uh, at all, actually. I think they're actually in a worse conference, um, just if you look at the overall rankings, than that South Dakota State team was that I was gassing, but you know. Uh, mm -hmm. But they've just been playing so well. 40% from three. I do like them to cover that spread. I just think that Wisconsin's probably taking this game. I hope that Colgate wins. I will be personally rooting for them, uh, but I think we're going to be seeing Wisconsin face off against Iowa State. We do kind of need one um, big dog fallen, though, don't we? I had it, and you told me no. You told me no. You didn't like but it. This is a possible another big dog fallen, you don't think? I, I don't know. I think so many people are so high on this Wisconsin team that I at least see them getting out of the first round. But if you want to pick the Colgate upset and stick with my bias, I will go with it. I'm not going to say no. Mm. I'll ride it. That's fine. I'll go with toothpaste to go to the sleep 16. I, I just don't like Wisconsin just doesn't look like they make any plays on defense. They don't steal the ball. They don't block shots. Um, They play a good defensively stopping people like efficiency wise. They're okay, but it's not like they're going to like, it's not like they play crazy defense that's going to stop this well, here. Colgate offense. The Colgate offense has four players throughout the entire season that have scored in double digits, and all of them are near 40% three-point shooters. This team has options. They pass the ball well. They are going to capitalize on mistakes that you make, and they just play smart. They have good backup options. They're yeah, a deep they team. I think that Colgate is a great team, honestly. Um... Colgate can probably speed him up a little too. Uh, let's take the upset. Okay, I like it. I like it. 11 seed and 14 seed facing off in the round of 32. Uh, let's take it. Uh, the next game is one that's going to be really close. USC and Miami. 
Um, now, I personally know what it's like to watch this Miami team. I went to Syracuse's senior night, okay? We were up 18 at halftime. You know, it was great. You know, I'm cheering, I'm clapping. You know, it gets down to 10. I get a little nervous. It gets down to 5. I get a little nervous. We're only up 1, and then we turn the ball over, and then Miami goes, and they hit a layup, and then we lose. Um, so I know the mental fortitude of this uh, fortitude of this Miami team. These guys, it's never chalked to these Miami guys. So even if they get down big to USC, I'd still want to count this Miami team out. They run a full five-out offense. Everybody on their team is a great shooter, and they just, you know, backdoor cuts, you know, uh, ball screens, whipping around, and nobody really is in that paint. Um, so it's almost always open. If you can get around your defender, you have an open layup. That's kind of the benefit of five-out. Um, everybody can shoot. Um, now, the uh, thing that might be tough for Miami is they have three players who score 45 of their points per game. They're very consistent. They're very good. McGusty, Moore, and Wong. They're great scorers, and I love these guys. But the problem is, USC is one of the tallest teams in the country, um, and they, they have actually the fourth tallest lineup in the country, and they run a three-guard um, minimum lineup in Miami, which can be really tough to go against, obviously, with that size, but it also means that Miami is going to be the faster team here. Um, you can just get down the court. Moore is one of the uh, shiftiest players I've ever seen in college. Um, it's crazy. Um, I do think that I kind of like USC to take this matchup because Isaiah Mobley, brother of Evan Mobley, um, is out there cooking. And if you can slow down the trio of Wong, Moore, and uh, McGusty, it can look pretty good to get this uh, little thing here. But if you don't guard those three, it can be pretty tough. Uh, but the thing that is, uh, I think, the reason I love USC here the most is on top of being a tall team, they're really good offensive rebounding team, and Miami's one of the worst defensive teams that we have out here because they run um, a lot of five out, they run at shifty, and they run those three guard lineups. It can be really hard, obviously, to get those rebounds. And Wardenberg, their center, also isn't really the most amazing defender him or rebounder himself. Um, so if this USC team can just force themselves onto the boards, I see them taking this one pretty easy. But again, it's never chalked for Miami. Yeah, no, I. I like teams that run five out offenses, especially against bigger teams, because that'll space them out on the floor. But if you can't rebound the ball, that's an issue. Big issue against a team that tall. Um. Yeah. Are you with it? I like I. I want. I want to say Miami, but I like. I like USC's size in a bigger matchup. Um, I think... I, Yeah, I think USC. All right, and the next one will be easy for us, Auburn. Yeah. <laughs> Jacksonville State, you're great. I will, I will say one thing about Jackson State, and it's completely unrelated to basketball. Yeah. It's possible that they have... Um, an unrelated miracle run due to Deion Sanders magic signing the number one football um, prospect out of the high school class last year for however millions of dollars with Barstool. You look good for him. Uh, Kansas, San Diego State. Um, Kansas. I love San Diego State's defense, but if you can't score against a Kansas team who can also play defense and is really good at scoring, no chance. Yeah, Iowa, Kansas Providence. Easy. I said this earlier. I am riding all the way on Iowa. I had South Dakota State beating Providence, but then losing to Iowa in a battle. I, the reason I think I like that one as well is because Iowa is a running on offense and South Dakota State's a running on offense and both of them chuck threes. And I just think that game would be so fun to watch. Uh, but 
I think Iowa here against Providence is uh, Iowa's essentially South Dakota State that plays in a harder conference. Yeah, no, I have Iowa here as well. Um, Iowa State and Colgate. Uh, are we going to have a 14 seed sneak into the Sweet 16, or is Iowa State going to take this one? No, I think Iowa State takes this one. That's fair. I think, it, I, I think Wisconsin has a better matchup against Iowa State than Colgate does, but um, it's fine because Auburn's going to beat USC and then beat Iowa State. Actually? Actually. You know what the smarter bracket play would probably be? What? Is picking Wisconsin because if Wisconsin does it because if you pick Wisconsin, does you think Wisconsin beat would beat Iowa State? I think that Wisconsin can beat Iowa State. I think that Colgate really doesn't have to. I think Colgate can do it. I just think that Wisconsin has that better matchup. So for like if we're trying to pick a better bracket percentage, if Wisconsin beats Colgate, they're probably going to beat Iowa State. So it would just make sense to pick them into the Sweet Sixteen. That is fair. So we can. Ch- I like. I don't mind changing that Colgate pick. But you got to think as well. Iowa State is a team that is prone to turning the ball over, just like LSU, just slightly less. Colgate's a team that doesn't turn the ball over. And if Iowa State is turning the ball over to a team that shoots forty percent from three and has four guys who shoot like thirty-five percent from three and above on that those fast breaks, you could think that Colgate can take that one easily as well. Um, on paper, Iowa State is a better matchup, but if you just think about how a game can go, Colgate can and take that. The thing I'm kind of thinking is here, we don't really have any miracle run from anybody. Like, our brackets are pretty Whoa, whoa, whoa. We have Vermont cool. going to the Sweet 16. Yeah, like, we have Vermont, but then after Vermont, we don't really have anyone else. All right, Colgate's going to the Sweet 16 against Auburn. I've made the decision. Fair, fair enough. I had it, but you didn't. You didn't. Oh, I, I didn't. I didn't have it. I had South Dakota State. Like, you didn't gas it. Like and like, I've been meaning to say this for a few minutes now. But the West, the South, and the East—they feel fairly straightforward. The Midwest. But you this think Midwest you got mix? feels like it could be a complete crap show. See, I had the mix in there. You didn't like. You didn't like my South Dakota State pick. I'm still. I'm kind of tilted on that. I'm not gonna lie. I keep going back to it because it makes me upset. But I'll. I'll take. I'll no, take an upset going... with Colgate. Yeah, like we'll go Colgate. Um, it's okay though because then, Wisconsin and Auburn and Iowa State were all gonna lose uh, to Auburn okay. anyway. Who's USC or Auburn? Auburn. Auburn. Auburn against Colgate. Auburn. Auburn and Colgate. Auburn. And then we have who's facing Auburn? Iowa or Kansas? That's the question um, that we all might have at one point. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I like Iowa a lot, like a lot. But I've also recently been tuning into some Kansas games, despite my uh, deep filled hatred uh, for Kansas uh, through and through. Like, really, just I just don't like Kansas. You know, they get all the top recruits, and then they try to boast like they're really all that crazy. It's like it's really all that hard to win when you have three of the top five players in the country. Not really. Uh, but anyway, um, Iowa. I just think that the way that they sprint out there is absolutely crazy. Just having fun with it. These guys are playing some of the best basketball they have all season, only losing to Illinois um, by two and Michigan by five. Honestly, good company to be in, if we're being honest. And they did just beat Purdue by nine. I think that this Kansas team, though, is just really good. Ojai Abaji, I think that's his name. 
uh on kansas i think it's how you pronounce it at least is just a demon and i think that uh kansas's defense is better than iowa's to carry them a little bit and they still have just as good of an offense so i think that uh iowa can be a little bit too um over reliance on the three ball and in those scenarios i think kansas has the better options inside but i would love if iowa win this yeah so if i'm looking at this right now just from our other bracket perspective right now in the final four we have a one seed a one seed and a four seed a four seed so is that gonna be another two seed my in personal prediction of the bracket is that like does another one seed get to the elite eight do we see three elite or one seeds in the elite eight that's not an uncommon thing i don't think no what i think happens is that kansas beats iowa very closely but kansas beats iowa and i personally but love that, the rim that, protection that we already uh, have walker kessler one, brings to offer he's a leading shot blocker in the country in they have my possible number one prospect um, out there in jabari happen. smith they have really good but shot creation they can sometimes take some very hard contested shots but I think I that like this Kansas you, too, with Walker like Kessler the in there, like guarding the rim for Auburn, as well as Jabari Smith, who's also a really good rim protector, you have two people on that front line to play good defense, um, as well as, um, I always forget people's names, the third guy on the team. I, I love him as well, though. Uh, but he's a great you know, rim protector and slasher. I think that it's going to force them to take threes, and if you can also play good defense like Auburn does on the three-point line, you just have such a good defense here against kansas i just like auburn to beat them um and then we have gonzaga ucla and then arizona and auburn uh facing off in the final four that's my personal take okay so he is uh back from the wonderful issues that we were having so we have arizona and gonzaga in our championship game now my personal pick for this because i think we've talked about a little bit is arizona winning uh we might have gassed up a little bit i think arizona is probably going to be most people's number one pick um, so if we were thinking about, you know, I guess maybe the smartest pick to pick here, if we wanted to win a pool, it maybe would be Gonzaga to upset Arizona because this uh, final game, you get like 32 points, you know, you get one for every first round game, you get right two for every second round, you know, it like multiplies. So if you do get that upset, uh, I guess we'll call it with Gonzaga correct, you could get that. But my personal pick's Arizona. Yeah, um, I, I, think I like is. Arizona too. And if we had to pick a final score between two of the fastest offensive teams in the country that also play good defense, what is our winner and loser score here? Mm, high 60s. High 60s. What about, uh, how about we go maybe a, a 73-69 Auburn win? Sure. I like that. 73-69. All right, there it is. Uh, this is the longest podcast that we've ever had on the Pitcher Pick channel. Um, I'm pretty sure this is probably the longest podcast we have until maybe next year for March Madness. This is a two-hour-long <laughs> podcast. Um, this is absolutely unreal. This will probably be going out super late tomorrow, uh, but it is what it is. I'll probably get some sleep because his internet does not transfer files this quickly, uh, so we'll see how it goes. So uh, if you guys did enjoy and you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button down below. Subscribe as well as comment what you guys thought of this insanely long episode. Uh, please uh, like it. This uh, took a lot of effort out of us, a lot of research. So, you know, it is what it is. We may have overthought a few of these picks anyway. Um, I'll give it one quick little scroll. Uh, if you listen to any podcast platforms, make sure that you go ahead and leave us a review. And uh, yeah, go out there, make some bets, 
make some brackets, and make some money. See ya!